0: Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus named disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. Man, if you have your Bibles and you would turn with me to Hebrews chapter ten, and uh, we're going to read verse twenty-three. I'm going to endeavor to uh, pick up a uh, a lesson that we had started, and uh, I've got about three in, in 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 flux right now. So we'll do part two of this. But um, <clears throat> so I'm going to teach tonight, and uh, some 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 pastors they'll get up and say, "Well, I'm going to pastor tonight." Well, I believe this is probably going to be one of those nights, and so I'm going to just speak to the church, and uh, I'm going to talk about some things pretty directly, because I figure, why be around the bush about it? We might as well just be direct, amen, but Hebrews chapter 10 and verse uh, 23, let us hold fast to, or excuse me, hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and or to love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. And then if you would, go to 1 Corinthians uh, 14. 1 Corinthians 14. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual leader, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, And forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. I want to continue uh, this lesson tonight on how to have great church. How to have great church. You may be seated tonight. God bless you. Uh, I want to just kind of cover off, if you can go to that second slide, uh, they'll endeavor to, to follow along with me, not knowing uh, when to play these, but I imagine if you'll know as I, as I speak uh, what, how, when to progress forward, but uh, we had talked about a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago on uh, starting this, how to have great church, and you may say, well, why are you talking about how to have great church? We have great church, and you'd be right. We've been having some great church. I mean, we've been having some really, really great services and a great moves of God and and great I mean, even just just Sunday night we had great church, and Sunday morning we had great church, and even uh, again we go on and on. These are these are great moments and great times in the Lord, and uh, but I think it's very important that uh, we can even have greater church if we can get on the same page. And I don't, you know, sometimes, what what would happen if an engine in our car only fired, say you have a six-cylinder engine, and half the time it only fired on three cylinders? Half the time it would run good. Half the time it would run great. But the other half of the time it it wouldn't run so good, would it? Well, that is just how I'm going to relate that to the church. Every time we come into the presence of God, we need to have great church. We need to have great church. Now, great church, we, know we can define it in various different ways. Great church doesn't mean the preacher didn't preach. <laughs> so like, well, he didn't preach tonight. We had great church. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Well, you didn't preach tonight. We had great church. Thank you for the backhanded compliment. <laughs> Amen. But that doesn't mean that the preacher, just because you, the preacher didn't preach, didn't mean it was great church. Uh, just because people run the aisle or have tears in their eyes or, you know, all that doesn't mean that's the only definition of great church. But we need great church every time. Because the reality is, is that the, the uh, opportunities to have church is uh, smaller today than it was Yesterday. And definitely a lot smaller than it was 10 years ago because the coming of the Lord is nigh. It is at hand. And I would encourage you, if you, if you are kind of interested in, in end-time prophecy and you want to kind of hear a fresh voice or a fresh word on end-time prophecy, I would encourage you to go to YouTube or go to Facebook, look up Christian Life Center, Joe Campatella. He is covering now, he's on part three of his end-time prophecy uh, uh, series, and I'm going to tell you, it is absolutely incredible. And so, you, you know, that's just a freebie if you enjoy that kind of thing. But either way, Brother Kempotel is a great, great preacher and a great man of God to listen to if you're going to listen to somebody. But uh, we covered that the church is essential. I said the church is essential. And not just the church, but gathering together is essential. Uh, that's where we read in Matthew eighteen twenty, uh, for or what we, we read before, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We we uh, we, we talk about in Acts twenty and twenty eight. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves, and to feed, and to all the flock which are the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which He hath purchased with His own blood. Amen. That's why we need to be very careful how we treat church business. That's why we need to be very careful how we treat church services. Because this is not just some event. This is not just some thing on the calendar. This is something that God died for. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 5 and 25. Husband, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. We, We talked about how worship is essential. Uh, how uh, Jehoshaphat appointed singers and worshipers before the army. And, and uh, that having great church, if you're going to have great church, you got to have great worship. If you're going to have great church, you're going to have to have great praise. And uh, how worship and praise uh, is, is so vitally important. We talked about how the Christian life was never to be solitary. Every biblical metaphor, metaphors for the church indicate a plurality, never a singularity. It was, it's a body of Christ. It's a flock. It's a building. It's a holy nation. There are no lone wolves in biblical Christianity in the kingdom of God. It's not just one person on an island somewhere. As we talk about how uh, having great search, church, it's essential that we worship together. It's essential that we praise together. It's essential that we pray together. And uh, I I think I said it um, on the last service, it's essential that we fellowship together. Amen, I've said it uh, last week, I'll say it tonight. What we do here in these altars, what we do here in this building, it's very vitally important. The altar calls, the prayer, the worship and praise, it's, it's important. But what we do back here and what we do with the picnic or what we do with our various fellowship events is also very important. Amen. Uh, we talked about how we're not here to play church. I'm kind of summarizing things. We, we, our world doesn't need a sleepy church or an apathetic church or a lazy church or a dead church or a politically correct church. Our world needs a church to be the church of the living God. Amen. 1 uh, Corinthians 2, 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Amen. Uh, and so we got to move on to, that, uh, to the next slide there, sister. There we talked about if you want to have great church. Does anybody remember the first one? Well, you should know it because it's right here. You must pray. If we want to have great church every time, We must pray. And I've got to tell you, I've been pretty proud of of this church and and the level of prayer that I have been, at least that I can see. And I believe that the prayer that I can see equates to also prayer that I'm not able to see. Amen. Because we talked about the first realm of prayer, four realms. The first realm of prayer is what? Personal prayer. I don't know if I got a slide for that or not. You can go to the next one. I can't remember. I do. We have their four realms of personal prayer, private prayer. It's the backbone of everything we do. It's the foundation of it. You can come in here and pray all you want to. But if you don't have a personal prayer life, we're not really going to have great church. Not the way that God desires. Now, I'm going to tell you this. We're going to have great church one way or the other. But what I'm saying is, is, is when the body of Christ will all get on the same page and say, I'm going to have a personal prayer life. And we're all doing it and we're all warring in the spirit, then we can truly have what we would call, what I would say God would call, great church. Amen. It's the backbone. And I'm going to tell you what, we need to get to the place where we pray until, pray until something happens. Pray until you speak in tongues. Pray until you see the, you feel the victory. Pray until, uh, you know, we could talk about 30 minutes, an hour a day, two hours a day, uh, 10% of the day needs to be in prayer, whatever. But at the end of the day, what needs to happen is we need the victory. We need to get the victory. We need to touch the throne of God. Amen. We talked about public prayer being the second realm. You should be able to pray in public. We shouldn't pray one way in church and another way in pub- in public. Amen. We talked about corporate prayer, pre-service prayer. I say pre-service prayer. I was in there studying a little longer than I normally do, and I walked in, and I don't, I don't know, I, I, I walked in, and not, not one person was talking. That was pretty credible, I thought. Everybody was praying that was here at that time, around 20 people or so, was in pre-service prayer praying. And I, I tell you what, that's incredible. And I thank this church for that because uh, uh, pre personal, uh, or excuse me, pre service prayer is like warming up a car before the race. It's like getting you wouldn't just take your race car out on a racetrack and, and, and desire to win without getting it started up first and getting that engine warmed up a little bit. And the same thing with pre service prayer. Uh, we shouldn't expect, uh, well, I've got to be careful how I. We shouldn't be surprised when we don't, you know, you say, well, that, that, that service, I don't know about it. Well, here's the thing. It's not God. And, 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 and it's really not everybody else because really and truly, what did you and I, what did you contribute to great church? Were, you know, were we in pre-service prayer? And, and uh, it's important that we do this together. Everybody say together. together. We need to do it together. We need to pray together. We need to be in pre-service prayer together. Amen. We need to do a lot of things pre-service. Some of us need to practice pre-service forgiveness. I'm going to tell you one of the biggest dampers of having a great church service is when there's odds in the church. When people are mad at somebody or upset at a brother or sister and they have a bad attitude, something was said before church or that week and we come into church and we're just a we're just, uh, mule eating briars, as Brother Caldwell would say, uh, or we're just upset. I'm going to tell you, we need to practice not just pre-service prayer, but pre-service repentance and pre-service forgiveness. I'm telling you, I'm talking about a mature church, somewhat, a church that is uh, ready to have revival, a church that is, uh, we're, not, we're not looking to play games. We're not looking to, to tiptoe around somebody's emotions. Yeah. Ooh, there we go right there. But we, we, we're, we're, not here to, we're not here to coddle people. I said we're not here to coddle people. This isn't nursery time. This, this is, this is war time. This is for the preparing ground for the war that we're facing. And, and, and we're all grown adults or young people. And, and we don't have time for that, that mess of, of that division or that, that uh, being upset with somebody. Every, you're going to get upset and we're going to talk about it. I'm getting ahead. But I'm you, we need to practice some pre-service, not just pre-service prayer by ourselves, but we need to go and get some pre-service unity. Find a brother, find a sister, and say, "Hey, let's pray before service. We're going to pray in the altar too, but let's do some pre-service unity prayer." Amen. We need to do a pre-service attitude checkup. Am I ready to go? Am I ready to have church? Am I am I am I, is my life is my mind full of distractions? I'm going to tell you, we're all, we all, most of us in here have full time jobs. Most of us in here got our own problems. You got your own issues. You got your own family problems. Everybody in here has probably gotten a phone call today or a text message today of a problem or an issue or, or some type of concern. Everybody's got something that they, and baggage or weight. But I'm come to tell you, when we come to church, we need to give it unto the Lord. Because we're here not just to waste time. I'm not I don't come here and just to just to check a checkbox, but I want to have great church. And and not just for me, but I want to be able to create an atmosphere like like we have been. Create an atmosphere where people can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There should never be an opportunity, a never a, a never a, a, a time where people come into our church needing the Holy Ghost, but they don't get the Holy Ghost. But it is up to us, church, to not just get people here, but when we are here, that we magnify God to a level and to, agree, to a degree where the where apostolic demonstration can be poured out. Well, I, some people aren't saying amen to that, but I've come to tell you, I, I don't know what you've come to do, but I've come to have church. I, I don't know what you've come to do, but I've come to magnify God. I. I, I don't come to church just to sit on the pew somewhere. And, and you know, uh, I'm going to address something real quick, like, because, um, you know, it kind of irritates me. But, call is it all right if it irritates me sometimes? You you check me. You, you come up here and run up here, call and pull my coattail. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. I've heard story after story after story of how the old time church would have church until midnight. mm, Hallelujah. Now I got a job just like you do some of you have to get up earlier than I do I, I realize that but I'm typically up at 6.30 and I work a full day I worked all day until about 5 o'clock then I studied and prayed then I came to church now I'm not saying my, mine's not physical labor like yours I'm, 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 I'm behind a desk so I'm not trying to compare but what I'm saying is uh, when I come to church I'm not in here just to rush out if the Holy Ghost is moving man I want to stay until the Holy Ghost is through Because I'm getting ready for heaven and I'm not going to get to heaven saying, well, I got a, you know, got a schedule. God, you need to kind of rush this thing on. And I'm very proud. Again, I'm very proud of this church because there has been a shift in this church just recently where where we will begin to linger in the presence of the Lord. Brother Sparks addressed it head on and I loved how he addressed it is that the reason why we pray 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 30 minutes is because we get in this rhythm and because our, our appetite is, that's where we're at. Oh, we're in an altar call, and so it's been 15 minutes since we prayed, and now we typically get up. Now we typically turn around, we lift our hands, and we look to the whoever's in charge, say, hey, he's ready to go home. Yeah. That's what irritates me. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you what, I'm, I, I want God to move. If it's an hour, so be it. But if it's three hours, God, have your will and way. And don't let my pitiless schedule that I got planned get in the way of God. I was telling Vargas just the other day that this is just my, how I view things. This is my perspective. And, and perhaps it's because the way I was raised. I don't really, I don't know. But uh, I, tell, I, I tell my wife we have a, a perspective. My kids go to school. They go to public school. And we get them there on time most of the time. Uh, the majority of the time, they're there on time. But I'm going to tell you what, if we have a long service that goes a long time and uh, we need to get home and man, our kids, they're they're way behind their sleep schedule. I'm going to tell you what I do. I say, you know what? Just let them sleep in an extra hour. I'd rather let them sleep in an hour than say, nope, I got to rush out of the presence of God to get them home. Because what... What they're in, here, in right here is more important than what they're going to get in a public school system for an extra hour. I'm telling that's the perspective that we need to have. That God, we're here until you're done. That's right. I know that's not popular. Praise God. Pre-service prayer is the seed to an explosive atmosphere, and then we talked about. Man, I haven't gotten on this part two yet, but I'm covering some things I didn't cover on the first one. Post-service or post-preaching prayer. Anybody know what that's called? The altar call. That's the altar time. We've heard of that, that, that phrase, altar call. It's a time uh, where we need to come and pray together. If pre-service prayer is the plowing of the heart, then post-preaching prayer or the altar call is the watering and the fertilizing of that seed. And I'm going to tell you something. This is my perspective. You can disagree with me if you want to. But as long as there's people up here praying, if you're a Holy Ghost filled child of God, it is not an opportunity for you to leave early. I'm talking about great church. I'm talking about a body of Christ. I'm talking about we're all in this together. Hey, if people is up here praying, they're seeking after God. They need a victory. They need deliverance. They need the Holy Ghost. And we got about two or three people that they're willing to, to, to pray. Listen, we need to get in together and pray together for those people. We need to, all that we do is for naught if we miss that moment right there. Everything we do is pointless, really, if we miss them getting connected with God. Amen. Don't get too comfortable on these soft seats. We've got to come unto, it says, come unto me hunger, that hunger and thirst, not those that rest and sleep. I know it gets a little warm in here sometimes and man, we're getting a little tired sometimes and I, I look out at part of the majority of the time and I can find at least one person with their eyes closed sleeping. And I'm not. I'm not trying to throw any rocks at anybody. I've I've dozed off from time to time. Resting eyes. Man, I I don't know. Just resting my eyes. Oh yeah. I ain't sleeping. I'm just resting. Rest at home. Praise God. Praise God. But don't get too comfortable. Get in with the body of Christ. Press beyond your comfort zone. If you want to have great church, you're always looking for ways to get past your comfort zone. Maybe maybe you don't run the aisle typically, but maybe we need to run the aisle. Maybe you don't, you know, Clap a lot. Maybe you need to clap your hands a little bit more. I'm 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 just su- providing some suggestions. Maybe you don't shout a lot, but somebody else they they tend to shout a lot. But you kind of shouting for you is kind of out of the norm. Maybe you need to shout a little bit. On, I'm talking about having great church. Yes. Amen. Amen. We need to get to the place in God when we have us. We have church. We have services. That we are so in tune with the moving of the Holy Ghost. That we do things decently in order, but we do it unto the Lord and with the moving, with the flow of the Holy Ghost. That means we should be discerners of, hey, uh, uh, God's moving right now. We we need to just kind of stay right here for a little while. God's moving right now. We need to just stay right here right now. God's moving right now. I need to lift my hands. God's moving right now. I need to clap my hands. God's, God's operating. I need to come up front and just lift my hands. Because I'm going to tell you, when you flow in the Holy Ghost like that, it could be the very thing that breaks something in that service that unleashes apostolic faith and demonstration. I, now, I don't know how you do it, but I, this is just my perspective. But I, oftentimes I'll come to the altar and I literally will put my toes on my feet to that altar. It's just something personal I've never really shared that with much of anybody, but that's just kind of what I do because I want, I want to know that, Hey, I'm here. I'm not worried about what's going on behind me. I'm not worried about what's going on beside me. All I can do is I can feel the altar at my feet. I'm here to worship God. I'm here to praise God. I'm here to magnify God. And I'm going to tell you, uh, it, it, it's not just one person needs to have that perspective, but what if a church had that perspective? How, what great church could we have? Get in with the body of Christ. I want to be in the flow of what everybody else is doing. We're the body of Christ. Don't be a muscle cramp. What am I talking about? Man, when the church is worshiping, when the, when the majority of people are praising God, when the majority of people are on their feet lifting hands, man, if you're able to get on your feet physically, then get on your feet well, I don't feel anything. Get on your feet and get in with the flow of the Holy Ghost. You just might—you might just get in the flow yourself. And you know what? We—I'm not—I'm not saying anything. I'm preaching to me first, you second. Listen, there are times where I just don't feel it, but man, it seems like 30% of everybody else is feeling it. So hey, I'm going to get in on this thing. I'm not just going to be a bystander. I'm not just going to be a spectator. But I want to be a participator in what God is doing. Amen. Some of us intentionally resist. And that's okay. That's what muscle cramps do. But we need to not be a muscle cramp in the, in the presence of God in a church service. But we need to just kind of stretch out a little bit and say, you know what? I'm going to get past this. I'm going to move past this. Maybe you got some internal thing going on. Maybe something in your mind. You need to get past that. Once you've prayed, find somebody else to pray with, especially ministers, especially prayer warriors, especially those uh, walking in the spirit. Once you've prayed for somebody or once you've prayed yourself, go find somebody else to pray with. And I want to tell you the mode in which we really should operate. And this doesn't mean you can't have extended times of prayer and services, but Really, this is how the majority of the time we should operate. When we come to God, we give God any problem because well, I could show have a show of hands, but every hand will be raised. I imagine that there's a problem or a situation or a pain or or a report that you didn't like or a prayer that you have need of. But but I'm gonna tell you, when you will just give it to God. Say, Lord, I give this to you. That's one great reason for pre-service prayer. We just give God everything. We we get ready, we get prepped for what we're doing. That's the warm-up stage. But when you do that, go find somebody to pray with. Sometimes there's wall holders in the church. Did you know that church need wall so I guess they need wall holders. You know, the people that you know Everybody's praying, but this wall's got to be held up. Or, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Somebody's got to hold up the wall. This wall's going to be fine. This wall's held up pretty good all this time. It's going to hold up again. But what we need to do is we need to get into the body of Christ. Well, it's getting a little tight in here, but that's all right anyhow. People standing up against the wall, making sure it doesn't fall. It's an, it's an important job in the church and their environment. But some of us make sure that the seat doesn't pop off the ground either. <laughs> Got to make sure this seat stays right where it's at. Right. 100% of the time, it's not the will of God. It's not the will of God. If we can have elders in this church that can stand on their feet, lift their hands, magnify God, at times walk the aisle, make their way on this platform, if we have elders that have enough strength to get up out of their seat to do a little worship or to do a little praise, how much more should someone like me or, 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 or someone like you? Get into the flow of the Holy Ghost. Uh, hey, now's not the time to sit down. Now's not the time to, to be playing around. But now's the time to magnify God and to glorify him. Talking about having great church. We can come and have just casual church. We can just kind of have a, a meeting, if you will. But I'm not here just to have a meeting. I, wanna, I, want, I want the flow of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. I want to hear a word from the Lord. And I, I, I want lives to be changed and lives to be transformed. You can move on to the next slide. All right. Moving on. This is the, now, now we just got started. But this will probably be the one we cover tonight. If you want to have great church, unity, everybody say unity, unity. is essential. Now, I, I think in another way, I, some, another thing I say, you know, something is important. But I changed that because it's not just important, it is essential. Meaning if there is not unity, we cannot have great church. Not only can we not have great church, if we don't have unity, we don't have a great church. Right. Right. Ephesians 4, the next slide. Ephesians 4 and 3, endeavoring. Everybody say endeavoring. Yeah. Endeavoring. I'm working towards it. It's an act of it's an act of something to keep unity in the spirit. You probably can't see it so small. I didn't realize it'd be so small. But uh, uh, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the blood of bond of peace, there is. Everybody say one body, one, body. one, spirit, one spirit, even as you are called into one hope of your calling. That word endeavoring. What, what is? What are we talking about? We're diligent about it. We're focused. We're, it's something that we are diligent. Hey, I want to be unified with my brother and my sister. Some people are so diligent about being at odds with somebody or diligent about being right or diligent about having it their way. Why aren't can't we be diligent about having unity? Why can't we be diligent to make sure that, hey, uh, I'm right with God and I'm right with everybody. I'm loving people. And, hey, I may not agree with everybody, but I'm, I'm in unity with them. He said, "Unify yourself with the Spirit and the body of Christ. Unify with the Spirit." First Thessalonians five nineteen tells us, "Quench not the Spirit." When we're at odds with a brother or a sister, and we're not unified, we're quenching the Spirit of God. Oh, I, I don't want to go pray for them. I don't want to go pray with them. We just, we just disagree. You need to go pray. I said, we need to go pray if we have that spirit or that attitude. Because even if you're right, you're wrong. Ephesians 4 and 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. God's trying to get you to do something. You can feel it in your bones. Don't resist what God is telling you to do. Unify with the Spirit. Not just unify with each other, but we need to unify with the Spirit that's flowing in the service. Listen, it's not about me. I don't know how much time some of the other preachers take in study and preparation, but I just know kind of what my study and preparation looks like. And I'm going to tell you, it looks like hours of labor. It's hours of preparation, it's setting aside time away from my family and setting aside time away from anything else. And for me, it's a lot of time late nights preparing for things and, and, and you just kind of always kind of focused on it. It it comes with a lot of weight when I know I'm gonna preach because uh leading up to that service I'm I'm weighted down with, with with what I feel God is trying to do and trying to communicate. But I'm gonna tell you something. If the spirit says you're not preaching. I want to be unified with the Spirit and say, whatever you want, God, that's what I'll do. I, I re- Oh, but I've got hours into this message. I've got hours into this. This is what I feel. It's not about what I've done or what I've put into it. I want God to have his way. What am I trying to say is, you know, there may be times where uh, maybe some of our Sunday school teachers aren't even even in, he, in here right now, all of them, but there may be times where, and it has been times, Brother Gissel, where, man, there's been probably hours of investment and in prayer going into a Sunday school and a lot of preparation of crafts and whatnot. And it hasn't happened a lot, but I'm going to tell you what, if God says, hey, we're not having Sunday school today, we're having a move of God, I want to say yes to the spirit of God. That's what we want. We want to have great church and, and we want God to be the leader of this. I don't even want to be the leader of it. I want to follow him, whatever God wants. God may say, I want you to preach a little longer. Unify with the spirit. God may say, I want you to preach it really short tonight. Okay, God, I'll do my best to keep it short and sweet and to the point. Whatever the spirit of God wants. Because at the end of the day, as a preacher and as a saint of God, we've got to go, we've got to go home and go to bed and know that we followed the spirit of God. If as long as I can do that, I can sleep peacefully. Even if I get text messages, even if I got people that tell me that wasn't good or that was too long or whatever. As long as, as long, maybe somebody gets offended. As long as I can say, I did what the spirit desired, then I can sleep peacefully. Amen. Amen. I'd rather I'd rather have over-eager people than under-eager people. I'd rather deal with over-eagerness in the spirit than people who are just apathetic or... I would, I'm telling you. I'd much rather deal with the radically apostolic people... Then someone who don't want to do anything, they don't want to pray, they don't want to move, they don't want to worship, and they're just kind of here to kind of soak it all in, but they don't want to give it anything out. They don't want to, they want to be poured into, but they don't want to pour anything out. Another way to unify with the body is to be faithful in attendance to church. This isn't for you that's here tonight. Perhaps this is for those online. But I'm want to say something here right right here, just real quick, like. But we need to be sure that we are careful to look at our schedule and not to miss services as much as possible. Now, you may look at me and say, well, it's just one service. I'm telling you, we want to have great church. One of the greatest ways to have great church is to have the body of Christ all there. It's very difficult. It does. It becomes very difficult to have great church when you've got about tw- 20 people out. Now, I realize we all got, you got things going on. We, we talked about work before. But I'm going to tell you, there is no job, period. There is no job worth missing service over. I'm not going to sell out to anybody just period i'm just not going to do it you may disagree with that perspective but i'm not going to sell out for anybody and a job's not worth consistently missing service of. now you say well maybe you have it once or twice a year brother call it it's probably acceptable maybe you know once or twice but i'm going to tell you when it's looking like it's a habit or it's a, something that's going to happen over and over a friend i got to find me another job well i got a couple people that that believe that it's all right but I'm telling you, God is going to give blessings and supernatural provision for those that will be faithful to the things of God and be faithful to the house of God and faithful to things that don't just please this flesh or, or this, uh, this bank account. You will not be unified in the spirit or in the body if you're not faithful in its church attendance. When the doors of the house are open, when the house of God is open, I'm open and I'm there. If they're having something there, I want to be there. Right. Amen. Amen. I want to be a part of whatever the body is doing. Philippians 2.2, 2, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, same spirit. Everybody say, same spirit. same spirit. Like-minded, same spirit. Having the same love, everybody say, same passion. Same Being of one accord, somebody say, same purpose. Same purpose. And one mind, say, same focus. Same spirit, same passion, same purpose, same focus. Same spirit, same passion, same purpose, same focus. Say that like five times real fast, like. But like-minded, this is what they said, like-minded, same spirit, doesn't mean the same personality. There's a lot of personalities in here. Maybe I'll just go around to a couple people. I'm looking at a couple of you. There's a lot of different personalities in here. Like-minded doesn't mean we have to be have the same personality. There are extreme personality differences right here in this room. Extreme personality differences. And with that, we are bound to have extreme different opinions about certain things. And friend, let me tell you, we do. Any family, any family has extreme differences, but I'm going to tell you what a family does. A family sticks together. A family can disagree with each other, but still love each other. And I don't know about you, but this is, we, this is a church family. You, you, you may you know you know maybe you can find a church that they don't have problems and they don't have issues but I'm going to tell you right now that won't be a church family that'll be a, a gathering somewhere but this is a church family and as long as we're a church family we're going to have some some different personalities and some different opinions and some differing and you know what sometimes it rubs you the wrong way <laughs> but if it means that you're submitting your personality to all to all flow, with the spirit in the same way same love or affection one accord co-spirited same love and affection we may have different personalities but we have the same love yeah. we may have different different personalities but we're in one accord we may have different personalities but we're co-spirited what does that mean if you feel to run i'm going to run well i don't feel to run they may feel to run I'm telling you, we need to have this. We need to have this in our spirit. If one person, nobody should run by themselves. Nobody should stand and, and worship God by themselves. Nobody should be up here at this altar worshiping God by themselves. Why? Because we're same spirit, same passion, same purpose, same focus. There should be nobody out here doing anything really by themselves. We're a body. We're a family. We're a church. Same love, same affection, one accord. Well, I don't feel like shouting. Well, I don't feel like to do a lot of things with my personal family, but I want to do what they want to do too because we're a family. Well, I don't feel like moving them today. But the church family, they need help and we should be there for them. We should make it a, a, as much possibility to help them as we can. I'm telling you, what people are looking for is not just truth, but they're looking for relationships. When people come in here, they need relationships. And if we're going to reach people, we're going to reach people by picking up the phone and calling them, reaching out to them, meeting with them, helping with them. How can we help you? How can we serve? You're dancing on your to- tiptoes at the altar. I don't really feel like going to the altar. I'm a bit tired, but guess what? Same spirit, same passion, same purpose, same focus. Maybe God will use us to do something special. We're in one mind. We're in one accord. We're not going to quench the spirit. We're not going to grieve the spirit of God. I'm, I'm, I'm almost finished here, so just give me just a few more minutes. Caleb said in Numbers 13 and 30, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Let us go up at once. Let us go up at once. Man, I'm going to tell you something. If a brother or a sister comes to you and say, Man, I... I really feel that God is, like Monday night, I got to tell you, it was incredible what happened Monday night. And I don't want to give him a big head because this is all God, Brother Adrian. But Brother Adrian was here in prayer and he came to me right towards the end of prayer and he was tears in his eyes. He said, I just feel a spirit of healing in this place. (laughs) You could tell he was even having a hard time just verbalizing it because it's hard to verbalize. It's hard to put deaf words to an inner feeling. But he just said, I feel there's healing in this place. Well, we had just gotten word. We had just gotten word before service that there was someone that needed to be healed. They had just went to the doctor and they needed a touch of God. And, and we didn't I know. And I he didn't even know that. I didn't share that with anybody. But he said, I feel healing in this place. And I'm going to tell you what, when you are one, one, one spirit, one passion, one purpose, I'm going to tell you, and we have a little bit of any ounce of spiritual discernment at all. Hey, it's, it's 740. Prayer ended 10 minutes ago. But man, I'm going to tell you, there's a spirit on somebody and they feel healing in the place. Listen, you got to go, then you got to go. But man, if he's feeling the spirit of healing, we're going to stop what we're doing and we're going to pray that God unleash healing in the atmosphere. Thank God for that. Well, I didn't say, Brother Adrian, let's just wait until Wednesday night when we gather here and we'll we'll talk about it then. No, we're going to do it right then. Let us go up now. Let us possess it now. Let us take heed of it now. We don't have time to wait for Wednesday. That person may be dead by Wednesday, but if we'll pray now, there may be a miracle that happens. My God, we've got to learn to be of one spirit and of one mind. And we can't do that when we just leave quickly. That takes time to just kind of linger in the presence of God. Yeah. Praise God. I've got, I've got more to cover. We'll, we'll, we won't get to all of this tonight. But we've got to be of one spirit. Yes. We've got to be of one mind. Yes. We may be all, we, we're all a little bit different. All, we, we're going to disagree with each other from time to time. But it should never be a, to a degree in which we are want to leave the church. Right. 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 Tell you, that's not of God. That's just not of God. And I'm going to tell you, we need to make sure we keep the main thing the main thing. I'm going to cover one thing and then I'll close. In fact, you can, you can go ahead and stand if you would like. But I'm going to tell you what I want to encourage us as a church don't be married to any idea. Does that make sense? If you, if, you, if you do any research at all or any kind of, any type of reading or any type of, uh, of again, research, you'll realize that what makes a great leader, someone who leads or is a great leader, is someone who doesn't get married or, or so passionate about an idea. Well, I, I suggested that. Why are they now knocking that? Well, well, that's how we've done it for years. Why aren't we doing it again? Listen. We've had some ideas at our leadership, at the leadership level that's come directly from me and they haven't worked. That's okay. I'm all right with that. I'm okay not doing it again. We just got to try new things. I'm not married to any idea. I'm not married to a a specific pulpit. I'm not married to a specific carpet color. I'm not married to a specific uh, chair type. I'm not married to a specific uh, wall color. Those things are so materialistic. They, They just really don't. Make the difference. But what makes the difference is when we're unified together and we get unity. to say, you know what? Hey, uh, wooden chairs or padded chairs. We're going to have church one way or the other. Whether you do my idea or whether you like my idea or you don't like my idea, I'm not going to be offended by it. And we need to make up our mind that we're not going to take fence and offense of things. But we're going to say, you know what? Let us go up at once. That wasn't my idea, but let us go. Let us possess it. Let us take it. Amen. Let's lift our hands tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I appreciate you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mighty God, mighty God, help us right now. Help us right now, Lord. God, to love you, Jesus. God, to worship you together in unity. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God to be one and unified with the spirit of God. To be unified with the body of Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on church, let's pray that God would help us every time we show up. Every time we're here together, that we're unified in spirit, that we're unified together. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. We say yea and amen to your will and your way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, God, and I desire, Lord, for lives to be changed and transformed. God, keep this church unified. Keep us unified with what you are desiring to do. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Won't you go pray with a brother or sister right now? Hallelujah. Let's pray that we be unified in the spirit and in the body of Christ hallelujah jesus let us be unified in the bow with the body and in the spirit of god hallelujah 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 my god my god my god hallelujah come on let's let's find somebody to pray with God create bonds of peace and of love create oh God bonds that cannot be broken through the spirit of God hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus oh God help us to keep the main thing the main thing God not to get so caught up in the things of this world that we miss out on the things of the spirit hallelujah 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 yes Lord praise you, I magnify you. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Praise you, I praise you, Lord. I love you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to encourage you, if you need prayer tonight, if you would just kind of make your way to the front here, and let's join together and pray for those that come. Hallelujah. Come on, there's strength here tonight. Let's just spend a few moments in the presence of the Almighty God right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. God. Why don't we come and just ask God to refresh us and to strengthen the hands, oh God? Strengthen our hands, Lord. Strengthen our bodies. Strengthen our minds, Lord. Hallelujah. We need you, Jesus. Come on, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Thank you, God, for this great church, Lord. to heal God confusion in the name of the Lord hallelujah hallelujah